This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Joining me on the line is Ian Tostenson, President and CEO of the BC Restaurant and Food Services Association. Ian, nice to get a chance to chat. I got to throw that question right at you. Do you think you'll be able to use ride ride sharing, Uber or Lyft, by the end of the year? Hi, Michael. I think it's, uh, the chances will be very limited that we'll have true, robust ride-sharing, as most of us know from outside of British Columbia. I just uh, This is so encumbered with red tape regulation and still many things to be decided by the Passenger Transportation Board, like rates, boundaries, drivers. Um, but the one thing the government was emphatic about was this Class 4 license, which is causing a lot of issues uh, and concerns with the two major companies in the world, Lyft and Uber, about the ability to populate quickly um, their apps to provide that kind of service. I think your point's well taken, though. But, I mean, you can call it ride-sharing, but it doesn't have to have any real similarities to the freedom that you see, whether you're looking in San Francisco, whether you've been to San Diego. You name the major city. They've got ride-sharing. They've got Uber. They've got Lyft. I mean, I've used it many times myself. I've often said, though, Ian, if someone hasn't actually had the convenience of using ride-sharing, uh, they don't really get it, I don't think. I think once, you know, if you go and experience it, you go, you really know what you're missing. I was talking last night with a group that's from the Coalition Right Share Now, and you're absolutely right. When they hear the government go, they're enthusiastic and ride sharing's coming, you'll talk to someone and go, oh, yeah, it's great, it's coming. Have you ever been in ride share? No, but it's going to be great. And I, and I really worry about what their expectations are or their knowledge base because, you know, that means they're going to be prepared to accept some substandard model of what ride-sharing isn't. I mean, it's truly an entrepreneurial, open-market, customer-driven model. And, you know, we've said to the government, we can help them build in safety factors around classes of license, but... Uh, we're not making too many headways at this point. Well, again, I mean, it's not like they couldn't go to so many other jurisdictions and say, what did you do? If they have concerns, how did you handle them? That kind of stuff. I just don't think there's any excuse for this to have taken this long. There's no pioneering going on here. In fact, BC can run around yelling, we're number 7,222, because that's how far behind we are other jurisdictions. Now, earlier today, you heard that Transport Minister Clara Trevana was talking with John McComb, and I just want to play a, a, a few clips. Let me just start with one and get your uh, comment on it, Ian. Go ahead. The taxi industry is an industry. It has lobbyists, as does ride hailing, as does the forest industry, as does the real estate industry. Every industry that wants to advance its, uh, its benefits for its members has a really, it, it tries to lobby government, it tries to lobby our government, it tried to lobby the Liberal government. Well, my first comment is, you know, who's on the other side of this? The lobby industry, fair enough. They have a right to lobby. But on the other side is the general public. You know, who's speaking right. for us if our elected politicians aren't? Yeah, that's a really good point because uh, 88% of the population want ride-sharing. So I would score that comment one nothing for the taxi industry. If there is a lobby, uh, they're doing very well because the regulations that sit right now totally favor a protectionist approach to the taxi industry, and they continue to do that. Okay, let me give you another one here. Uh, let's start uh, safety regulations here. Safety regulations. Listen to I'm this. I'm really pleased that we have a regulated market. 
for passenger transportation because it does give protection to people. And I think that's what people in BC want to see, that what when pe- they get in pe- a vehicle, that they know if there is some regulation, some regulation what? on safety, some regulation on operation, some regulation on making sure that you know, we have the best system that we can. And I think in BC we do. What people want is they want service, they want convenience, they want when they pick up the phone or get on their app to have a cab or a ride that doesn't take 90 minutes or two hours or may not show up at all. That's what people want. Absolutely that's what they they've do. been demanding right since 2012. years of the Liberal government doing nothing, we came in and made sure that we changed the marketplace. I would say, first of all, to assume that every other jurisdiction, major city in North America didn't care about safety is a bit much. But go ahead, Ian. (laughs) Well, Alberta has class four. I think that Kenny's going to maybe change that. Um, Look, Lyft and Uber, they're all about safety. That's the business they're in is moving people. So, again, if you've experienced that, you would see that the driver is known, the passenger is known, the car is uh, location is known at all times. They're monitored at all times. And if you have a bad driver uh, and their and their records are constantly monitored on an annual basis, more so than a class four in BC, you're going to see they have built-in safety into that already. We are not going to solve this, the, the problem of safety, Michael, by having some examiner subjectively putting you through a road test and you failed it because you didn't do the proper mechanical inspection of your car. The car that you as a rideshare driver is driving every day and driving part-time less than 20 hours a week. So I don't buy that. I mean, the, the one way to slow it down, and this is the concern of, of Uber and Lyft, is to put class four in because it takes a couple of months to get it. You probably have to take a commercial driving course at, at a cost of 500 bucks, and you're going to isolate mothers, students, retirees that want to make some extra income. They're just going to go. It's not worth the effort. I'm talking with Ian Tostenson, President, CEO of the BC Restaurant and Food Services Association. Let me just play one last clip for you, Ian, because uh, the minister says there's a real sense of excitement. We've been in conversation with uh, ride-hailing companies, uh, likewise with taxis. We continue to engage with them. The Passenger Transportation Board is engaging with them. There is a sense of excitement. We have had no indication. I mean, the regulations that we laid out earlier this week um, are ones that are very achievable, and I, I think that everybody's very eager to uh, operate in BC, to come to BC, to finally get the opportunity to explore our marketplace. Well, lift, lift. So I think that uh, lift there, there is genuine and excitement about the potential of ride-hailing coming to BC this September. One of the major uh, companies, Lyft, is not excited at all because of your requirement for a Class 4 license. In fact, they're looking at that and saying, that's absolutely ridiculous. Our drivers only drive about 20 hours a week. Why do they need to go out and get a professional driver's license? Well, uh, as I've said many times, that this is... uh, uh, Safety has to be number one. I think that anybody who is getting in a car that they are paying for a ride for, they want to know that they're safe or their kid is safe. Well, there you go. I mean, uh, again, Ian, uh, the excitement thing is a little, I think John was right on. It, obviously, when you have Lyft coming right out of the gate saying something, uh, you know, obviously they're not that excited. <laughs> I would say uh, it's apprehensive, not excitement. I think. There's so many things that are still not decided, and I can't believe that. And who cares what the Liberals did or didn't do? I mean, they blew it as well, too, so let's move on. Um, But the fact is they're apprehensive. They're apprehensive about before, and we don't know about, you know, 
geographical limits and uh, driver's limits, all those things. You know, Michael, when you think about it, uh, today's, in today's world, uh, you can get in your car, drive your kids, go to basketball, do all those different things, take them to Dairy Queen, take them home, you know, you get your friends' kids in there, and then you go home, have dinner, decide, you know, I'm going to drive for Lyft and Uber tonight. Oh, boy, I need a different classification license. It makes no sense. And so we said to the government, we think we could take the Class 5 and enhance it somehow to truly uh, capture a whole market of people driving people around that would make the roads safer. And, I, and the government won't, didn't buy that, which, which says to me that they're continuing to be more concerned about the taxi industry than they are about the average citizen on the street. Well, as I say, uh, we're, we're back to our bets whether we're going to get wide-hailing, what form we're going to get ride-hailing. It's our hot question of the day. Ian, thanks so much for taking the time and joining us. Thanks, Michael. Appreciate it. President and CEO of the BC Restaurant and Food Services.